Welcome to Forward. Educate yourself on the new world. The podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance with your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Real chiropractic talk. No rainbows, no unicorns. Start putting in the work. The biggest names in the industry. The legends, the innovators, the up-and-comers. This is the podcast for progressive DCs. So buckle up. Passion is the feeling you have that you would probably do this for free and you can't believe somebody pays you to do it. All right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to Season 2 of Forward, the podcast the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. And I'm your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Before we get started with the first episode of Season 2, I wanted to give you guys a little uh, teaser, a little announcement segment where I can tell you what to expect from this season. Uh, during the off-season, I went around and asked a bunch of listeners what they thought of the show, what could be better, what they liked, what they didn't like, all that stuff. And uh, thank you, everybody who helped, because I think you will find that your contributions have made a better podcast. So a couple things you can look out for. One, we have sponsors. Thank you so much, sponsors. Uh, I, we're not going to hammer you over the head with like an hour of sponsors and commercials. We've got a couple dedicated sponsors, and they've dedicated themselves not only to the podcast, but to the idea of forward thinking or progressive chiropractic, and they want to support us, and uh, they are going to help us put out a really good product. So you are going to enjoy it, but your price of admission is not only to uh, listen to these advertisements as they start the show, but also to reciprocate and show some love to these uh, sponsors and do your best to utilize what they have to offer in your practice. Next. Uh, I've made a couple format changes that I think you'll like. We're going to go through our introduction, and then we're going to do our short little advertisement speech spiel, and then uh, introduce the guest and have our interview. And then after the interview's over, I'm going to go through and do a quick synopsis of what I felt uh, was the key take-home pieces from the interview so that you guys have a little bit of synopsis at the end. Of course, everyone's going to take home something a little different than me, Uh, But from my point of view as the host, I want to give you what I was thinking were the key points to each and every podcast. So without further ado, let's get season two started. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. Join Parker Seminars in the heart of Las Vegas, February 21st through the 23rd for an incredible three days of growth, education, and inspiration. Featured among our 37 speakers are world-renowned evidence-based leaders, Dr. Crave Liebenson and Dr. Stuart McGill. The Parker Seminars Las Vegas has the People Shark, Damon John, and Baseball Hall of Famer, Cal Ripken Jr., sharing their unprecedented insights on leadership and success. Please visit parkerseminars.com and use our special promotional code CLV50 to receive $50 off our unheard of Las Vegas single attendee registration price. Register today. All right, podcast fans, we're going to do this. We are going to do an ad for Pain Zone, topical, analgesic. Man, doing podcast ads is not easy. I got to tell you, we're like on take 86 here but I'm going to soldier through and we're going to finish strong. If you know anybody out there who does ads like radio or whatever ads, I am genuflecting in your specific direction. Much respect because this is not easy at all. Even when I love the product, like I love pain zone and I'm having a hard time uh, getting this down on wax. So let me do this. These analgesics, my fellow Kairos, the topicals, the things you would keep in on your shelf in your office, Remember the good old days when they were doctor only? It's not like that anymore, my friends. It's a commodity. It's a price war to the bottom. You can find any of these topicals uh, on the shelf at your big retailers. You can find them on the big retailer websites. And, you know, know, like selling these things in your office, it wasn't going to buy you a new boat. The income was nice. A little supplemental income is always nice. It wasn't going to pay off your student loans. The, the big thing was that you could, you could use and you could recommend a product you trusted. You could provide quality. You knew what the patients were getting and they were seeing you. It was part or a supplement to your care. It wasn't going to replace your care. You know some of these patients are running off to the big box store and they're getting a tube of their favorite cream, slathering it on themselves, and hopefully that'll keep them away from the chiropractor a little bit longer. 
that is not a good way to manage care or the care of a person in this world these days. If you don't believe me about this price stuff, if you're curious, just go to your large big box retailer's website, search for the topical you currently use in your office. You might be surprised that they are there and that uh, they have multiple brands and multiple prices. They even have the brands that still on their website say doctor only, but they're selling them at the big stores. Pain Zone is here to solve that problem for you. They remain dedicated to being a DC, PT, and sports professional only product. You won't find them on big retail shelves. They're bringing quality to the table so you don't have to play that commodity game. And they've supported our mission at the FTCA from the beginning. And they're committed to your success, not just with a great product that I like, but with support and education as well. So instead of playing that commodity game with the patients, and with the, the products you use, let's make the switch to Pain Zone. I have. I'm happy. And I encourage you to as well. You can hit them up for free samples at ipainzone.com. Free samples, ipainzone.com. Uh, they gave me like a whole bag of them there. And, and I like it because I get to use that whole bag and hand them out to patients and all that stuff. So try them out. iPainZone.com will get you some free samples and check out some of their educational resources at GoPainZone.com and uh, make the switch, my friends. I did it. I finished the freaking ad. Let's party. All right, everyone. Last ad, and then we are on to season two of the podcast. This ad is for the Chiropractic Success Academy, membership.csacircle.com. I am kind of biased towards this particular product because it's mine and it is Dr. Kevin Christie's from the modern chiropractic marketing group. You can check out his group on Facebook. His podcast is stupendous and we put this thing together, this membership circle. What, what is it? It's not consulting. It's not a guru thing. Me and Dr. Christie are like curators, fine curators of chiropractic content and we put it all together and we disseminate it to our members in combination with mentorship and accountability and all these other things to ensure success in the chiropractic profession. So we go through marketing, we go through clinical aspects, we go through that headspace in between your ears and where to get that right so you can become a successful chiropractor, however you define that. Like whatever you define as success, we want to try to help you find that. And then we go through the business aspects uh, that are required for you to understand what level of chiropractic you're at and how to win at it. So the Chiropractic Success Academy, very low price monthly subscription. Uh, it's like a YouTube channel of fun stuff to watch to make you better at this game. Check it out, membership.csacircle.com, and let's get on with the podcast. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the advertising segment of the podcast. I'm trying to make it fun uh, so that we get a personal touch with these products. Um, now, let's get personal with Dr. Greg Rose, our first guest of season two of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance podcast. Let's read his bio so you know who we're dealing with. If you don't know who Greg Rose is, get yourself up on out of that rock that you're living under and get with the new times. Greg is board-certified doctor of chiropractic and holds an engineering degree from the University of Maryland. Greg specializes in assessing and treating golfers, three-dimensional biomechanics, strength and conditioning, manual therapy, rehabilitation, nutritional supplementation, and therapeutic exercises. Combining an engineering background with an expertise on the human body, Greg helped pioneer the field of analyzing three-dimensional motion capture models of the golf swing. That research has helped golf professionals all over the world gain a better understanding of how the body works during the golf swing. Through the past 17 years, Greg has helped thousands of golfers, and that's no joke, thousands of golfers of all skill levels reach peak athletic performance. His cutting-edge yet research-based form of functional training combined with golf-specific motor learning drills have made Greg one of top, golf's top strength and conditioning professionals. Greg also helped develop the Selective Functional Movement Assessment, otherwise known as the SFMA, 
a revolutionary movement assessment that helps identify altered motor control and guides medical practitioners on how to treat patients more efficiently. Greg frequently appears on the Golf Channel. The TPI certification seminar series has made Greg one of the most requested speakers in golf health and fitness. He has lectured in over 21 countries and has been featured in, in many golf and news publications. And he was the keynote speaker at our first ever annual Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance convention in Kansas City at Cleveland Chiropractic College in June of 2018. It was a momentous moment and very enjoyable to hear him speak. And now I am truly honored that he's also on the podcast with me. Please enjoy my talk with Dr. Greg Rose. All right, everybody, welcome to the to Forward, the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance podcast. I am with Dr. Greg Rose, and mostly today, I think we're going to be talking about golf, and we'll see what else we can insert in the process. Uh, Dr. Rose, nice to see you again, talk to you again, see hey, you. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for having Bobby. me on. Um, you are a keynote speaker at Forward Kansas City uh, about two and a half months ago. Thank you very much for coming on down. What was your uh, your assessment of the event and how did it go for you? Well, I thought it was great. I thought the energy in the crowd was great. It seemed like, you know, you got a bunch of like-minded people in the room together, and uh, that's always a great thing, networking. And uh, I thought the energy was awesome. Loved it. Thanks for inviting me. No, absolutely. You made the show for sure. I think a lot of people there are excited to see you. I don't... I. You know, a lot of times I, I, I know that golf's not what it was in 96, but there are still very, very passionate people about the game of golf. Um, and I think a lot of them were in that room. So, so that worked out pretty well. It's hard to go anywhere without finding some golfers. So that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, what, what I think some people, and I think you addressed it pretty well at, at the conference itself, but a lot of questions I get when people talk about Greg Rose, because Greg Rose is like, uh, uh, legendary in our circles as somebody who went beyond just sort of having an office, cracking some backs, uh, getting some paychecks and then calling it a career is that, you know, you, you've been an innovator and with that innovation, let me get a little echo here. With that innovation, people sometimes want to know, how did Greg Rose happen? Like, <laughs> I want to know that too, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I always say, listen, I, I would, you know, to me, timing is, is, is pretty, pretty darn important. And it's pretty lucky. I, I actually started at the right time. And I would say, you know, like you said, 1996, that's when I started my chiropractic career. I graduated from Palmer in Davenport in uh, 1996 is also the year Tiger Woods started. So believe it or not, you know, golf was my passion. I always believe that you should try and incorporate your passion with your business. And that way, when you're working, you're not really working. You're doing right. what you love. And I said, you know, why don't I try and do the same thing? Why don't I try and open up a practice just for golf? Everybody told me I was crazy back then. But I used to say, you know, hey, that's what the eye doctor said when he said, I'm just going to work with eyes, right? Um, I was like, I can always go be a regular chiropractor if it doesn't work. And basically, Tiger Woods hit the scene the same year, and everybody saw this young phenom golfer that looked more like an athlete than he did like a golfer. And people were starting to get interested in trying to say, like, hey, what should I do for my golf swing and to improve? And back then, you know, there really wasn't anybody really specializing in the conditioning part. And I made it my focus because it's what I loved. It was my passion. And uh, I think the world was just was ripe for the, the take right there just because of tiger and uh I got together with a bunch of really smart people created a, an advisory team that just is one of the best in the world with golf and sports and uh started uh talking about the things i love which is conditioning and making golfers play better play longer and next thing you knew within five years i had over three thousand patients that were golfers it was really a timing thing which is uh you know there's some luck involved there for sure but you know, i think the moral of the story is is figure out what you love, know more about it than anybody else, and then start talking about it. That's the key. A lot of people keep things to themselves too. I'm like, I've always been a believer that you got something good, share it with the world. Good things will come. That's kind well, of how I got started. 
to what level does that uh, extend to? Like if you were just playing a casual round with some buddies and you see someone acting the fool on the course biomechanically, are you, are you uh, addressing that with them or do you let it, do you let it slide when you guys are at the well, drive? Depends, depends if we're playing for money or not, of course, but no, um, <laughs> no I've heard I, some you know, stories I, about you and playing for money, so you won't see me yeah. pulling out any wallets around you. <laughs> so I, I think, uh, I, you know, to me, I think that nowadays it's different. Back back in the '90s, you know, people didn't realize that you you can work on your body and improve your golf game. Yeah. Um, I think now they see that they see the these incredible athletes and how far people will hit the ball, and they're looking for things to do to improve that. And if they know that you've got some, if you're out there playing and you're with some, you know, some friends or they paired you up with some people that you've never met, and the person's struggling from either distance or accuracy or you know obviously if they have an injury if they have a shoulder pain or back pain which a lot of golfers do of course you should say something say hey listen uh i'm a local chiropractor in the area and and i i specialize in working with athletes and golfers is one of my passion and i'd I'd love to be able to show you some things that we can do because literally they just they they don't know where to go to get it they're starting to you know see see uh how important this is as as we get older obviously uh this becomes even more important. Our body starts to fall apart. And, uh, I, and I always tell my golfers, I'm like, this is, this is one of the easiest things you can do to improve your game. You know, just come lay on the table over here and let me do some work. And all of a sudden you can hit the ball farther. That's pretty easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are the most common issues you see with the rec golfers, like the scratch golfer, someone who doesn't have a handicap? Yeah. So I, you know, from a, from an injury, let's talk injury perspective first and then maybe performance second, but from an yeah. injury perspective, obviously lower back, is the number one injury seen in golf. You know, you'll hear some people talk about wrist and elbow. We get wrist and elbow problems, but the lower back dwarfs everything. So any, any golfer with lower back pain to me is absolute uh, number one target for us in the chiropractic business, because obviously who else can work with uh, lower back patients better than we can and golfers, that's their number one problem. And I feel like there's not only a technical problem that goes on there, but obviously the physical issues that we see every day are hip mobility and thoracic or thorax mobility that because those are limited, they don't have hip range or thorax range. What do they use? They use their lumbar spine. The lumbar spine is supposed to be stable and you're supposed to use your T-spine and your hips, but most guys have hip and T-spine issues that uh, we can make a huge difference with and take the stress off the lower back. From a performance standpoint, uh, the lower back, the number one cause of lower back pain in golf is something we call reverse spine angle. And that's something that I always encourage all my chiropractors, anybody in the medical business to go learn that. You can actually go on our website on mytpi.com. We have a section that says improve, improve my game. And underneath there, there's a section called swing characteristics. In that swing characteristic, there's one swing characteristic called reverse spine angle that every chiropractor should go look at. And basically all it is, is at the top of the backswing, if the person's spine is tilted towards the target, like they're leaning towards the target versus leaning away from the target, that's called a reverse spine angle. And we have so much research to show that that creates serious lower back problems, especially in the lower right back. Any type of facet or disc irritations in the lower right back, um, they're, they're, I call it guilty till proven innocent. They have a reverse spine yeah, angle. Yeah. If you can meet with their, their golf coach and, and talk to them and educate them through that, and they, they can give them some advice, swing advice while you're working on the hip and thorax mobility. And we just get incredible results with our clients. So that's, yeah. that's, you know, number one, lower back. Second thing with recreational golfers is, you know, the whole world of golf is, is now just, uh, revolving around these incredible athletes like Brooks Kepka, who just yeah. as we're sitting here speaking, just, just, uh, you know, just putting on muscle yeah. as we speak. Yeah. 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 And Brooks is, you know, he, he's before he used to be an oddball, but now I say, you know, if you look at the, the top 10 in the world, they all look like incredible athletes now. And, and, and the whole world of golf has been going, man, these guys hit the ball so far. So we need to change golf courses. And they've been changing golf courses and making them longer. And the tees are longer. For these 150 guys on tour, yeah. but for the other 26 million of us playing golf, they're just making it harder. So one of the biggest problems for recreational golfers right now is distance. They need to hit the ball farther, right? So, 
so basically, you know, when I look, when I look at the average recreational golfer out there, you know, one of the things that prevents them from coming back is because they get so frustrated. They don't play well. And one of the number one reasons they don't play well is because they don't hit it far enough. Yep. And they think that, you know, I just got to swing harder, but literally it's hard for them to get in the positions to be able to create that power and create that torque. And again, one of the easiest ways to, for them to improve their powers and increase their mobility, increase their, uh, their ability for their body to get in these positions. And we're in the perfect position to help them do that. Just lay on our table and I'll show you how we can do that. So, I, you know, I look at this as number one problem is lower back pain. Number two problem is distance. And I don't think many people realize how powerful chiropractic and medical work can be and how easy it is. Just come in for a session. Let us, let us show you. And, and you tell us if you notice a difference. Almost everybody you do this on will notice a difference. No, I'm, cool. I'm, no I've been there. I've been there. I mean, I, I'm playing the game now and I can, I can absolutely, I'm, fr- I've been one of those frustrated players where it's like, I cannot reach this damn green, <laughs> you know? but I can, but then I'll go to the driving range and I'm like, I just don't hit the ball far enough. I just don't hit it far enough. And then I'll go to the driving think range. About it, like if, if you go to get a lesson too, like, let's say you go, you're like, yeah, I just, I need some more distance. Most coaches will take you, they'll get you on the driving range. They'll take a video of you. They take that video, they put it on a little tablet or a laptop, and they split the screen. They put you on the left, and they put Adam Scott or Tiger Woods or somebody on the right, right? And they right. take you to the top of the backswing. They take Adam to the top of the backswing. They go, look how good he looks. Look at you, right? And they go, we need to get you into this position. And for some reason, I don't know how this got like this, but and golf's not the only one like this. Baseball does this. Tennis does. A lot of sports do this. The coaches, for some reason, think that us, us normal humans, can get into Adam Scott's backswing position. Right. I mean, 99% of the people that we're going to address or people that we're going to work with can't even, they would need surgery to get into Adam Scott's backswing position, right? Right. I mean, Adam Scott could be in Cirque du Soleil. He's so flexible, right? Yes. Even Stuart McGill will break that down. He'll say some people have different spinal yeah. column shapes and those shapes flexibility and rotation. But think about it. If a coach tells you to get in that position, you're like, you think, well, I should be able to get in that position. So <laughs> it's a very frustrating thing for a golfer sometimes to take a lesson, especially if they know the coach is right. I hate my backswing sucks and I need to do this. And the coach is telling them to do something, but they can't physically do it. That is one of the most frustrating things in the world. And again, uh, you know, we're changing the world slowly, but the golf coaches now are starting to realize that, hey, I can't get my students in these positions and I need help. That's why they look for chiropractors and people that can actually help them get their students in those positions. So do you do you think uh, when when the chiropractor is uh, certified and educated and understands the golf game good enough, is there a role where they're educating the, the, the uh, golf coaches as well? Oh, we do it every day. I think, you yeah. know, to me, there's this thing is we call it the team, right? We it's always say a golfer. Outreach, I guess it's outreach. Yeah. Well, well, here, yeah. Well, here's the thing I say: a golfer is always like a they're the NASCAR car, right? The coach is the driver of the car. We're the pit crew, right? Now you think about it in NASCAR or in Formula One or any. Of course, the driver is talking to the pit crew nonstop. They got headsets and they're going, hey, yeah, hey, I've got a little problem here in the front axle, and they're they're communicating. They're working as a team in a cohesive unit. And the same thing, the pit crew is also giving feedback to the driver saying, hey, you know, time to pit stop here now. We're seeing some, some, in some readings here or whatever. That communication is so important to make sure that car goes forward. So I always feel like one of the most important things you can do is create the relationship with your team. And every golfer has a team. They've got a coach, they've got medical, and some have fitness trainers. And if the three team members are communicating you know, nonstop and going back and forth, it's amazing how fast these cars can go, right? It's amazing how good they can go. When they're not communicating and not learning from each other, that's when things go bad. But I, I feel like most of the coaches now are looking for the information. They they know that the player can't do this and they're going to the chiropractor and saying, hey, I, I'm trying to get them in this position. What the hell's going on? And I think it's our job to say, hey, listen, here's what they're going to be able to do now. Here's what I think we can get them to be able to do. Or Hey, it's not going to happen. And we have to communicate with them back and forth. And, and secondly, I think it's important that we understand injury inducing mechanics. You know, so if, uh, if a pro asks you a question like, Hey, this guy is, 
his, his right knees bothering him or his left shoulder is hurting him or it's hurting his right wrist. I think you should be able to look at the biomechanics of the sport that you're specializing in and let the coach know, here's some of the things that we see that lead to these injuries because they're asking for that information. That's not, you're not crossing the line. You're trying to help your team member. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, These coaches. So, so I think some of the audience was concerned that the coaches would be apprehensive, either a working with a Cairo or b apprehensive that you would show up and be all up in their coaching business. <laughs> yeah. So I, here's, here's what I always say. I say to know me is to love me. Right. So I say to my coaches, I'm like, listen, first of all, I want to introduce myself. Uh, I'm a chiropractor. I specialize in golf and I'd love to just show you what we can do and how I work. I don't, I don't feel like a coach should refer me somebody unless they trust me. Right. And the only way to trust me is to let me work on you. Right. So I, I actually, you know, I used to treat all, when I was in Washington, D.C., I used to treat the entire Mid-Atlantic section, the pros, the PGA section there, for free. And I would just say, hey, listen, if you have any problems, come in and let me show you what we do. If you don't like me, don't worry about it. If you love, if you like what we do, I'd love for you to send me some of your members if they ever have pain. And literally, I would have so many coaches come in and I would show them, here's, here's how I evaluate, here's how I look. And once I build that relationship, there was never a fear that I was going to coach their, their, their player or do something because they trusted me. Once you have that trust, you're good. It's when they don't trust you and they don't know what you're doing is where things happen. Because I don't want to be a coach. No chiropractor wants to be a coach. You want to be the chiropractor. Right, right. <laughs> and, and basically, I, I want to I call the coach and say, hey, here's what I saw with Mrs. Jones last week and this is going on and if there's anything I need to be working on. And I want to have that open relationship. The last thing in the world I want to be doing is teaching golf. That, that's that's yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. Well, from a let, let's push pause here. So now we'll go back to the original question. How was what, how was Greg Rose made? Was the, oh, this process that you just described comes very natural to you, but it doesn't to other other young chiropractors, other young professionals. This this idea of being passionate, uh, being uh, open in your communication and, and and the way you present yourself to other professionals. Did you have to learn that over time, or are you truly a natural? Did that was that something that just came with the ride? No, oh, that's actually a great question. I I actually I'll tell you a true story. So I uh, when I first became a car in 1996 when I graduated, I I said I wanted to open up my own practice. So I saw there was an ad in the paper for a place that was called White. Flint Chiropractic, and I, it was for sale. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll just buy a chiropractic center. So I walked into this place, and uh, I'll never forget the front desk receptionist. I was like, hey, uh, I'm I'm looking for um, White Flint Chiropractics. I heard I heard this is for sale, and the woman kind of looked at me with like a pale pale face, saying, "Are we for sale?" Like I didn't realize the practice was for sale. <laughs> And I was Oops. like, wait, this is White Plant Chiropractic. And she's like, oh, no, it's not. I'm sorry. You have the wrong place. It was across the street. So as I was walking out, all of a sudden, the doctor at this facility that I walked in comes running out. And he's like, hey, hold on a second. I heard you asking about buying a practice. And this guy's name was Bob Rifkin. Great guy. And he was in Washington, D.C. forever. Been working there for probably 25, 30 years at the time. And, and he asked me, he said, "Why?" I'm just curious. He goes, before you walk across the street, why are you trying to buy a practice? And I said, you know, starting out, I'd like to, I want to do some weird things. I'm, I'm into sports and I, and I want to do some stuff that's a little different. And he was like, listen, what do you know about running a practice? And I was like, honestly, I said, I'm just going to, it's going to be baptism by fire. I'm just going to figure it out. And he's like, I don't think that's smart. He goes, I'll tell you what, he goes, you go look at that practice. He goes, if, if you're interested at all, he goes, I've been looking to bring in a partner. He goes, I'll teach you everything I know about marketing and insurance and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, and after six months, if you like it, you can buy and be a partner. If not, you can leave. Uh, it was kind of the, he, he was like, Hey, I think you're going to love working here. And, and, and I, and something, something told me, I like this guy. I, I think he's right. I went and checked out the practice cross the street, came back over, uh, spent, walked did a tour of this guy's practice and lo and behold, make a long story short, I decided to take him up on the six months. So I started working for him for six months and, and uh, one of the things he taught me, he taught me two incredibly important things. Number one was public speaking and how important that was. Yeah. And he actually literally took me yeah. to the back room and trained me on how to become a public speaker. And I've had a public speaking coach for years now because I think that's so important on being able to communicate uh, what you do to uh, not only your patients, but anybody who'll listen. 
And then after six months, actually, it was about a year working with him. I had a great time, and and he was literally one of my mentors. I I literally said to him, I was like, hey, listen, I I need a bigger facility because I'm going to actually start putting up golf nets and doing stuff. And he <laughs> they were they were a different perspective. So we kind of I moved down the street, and we stayed friends the whole time. So he was a great guy. But after about two years, I opened up my uh, my my golf business, and it was about two years. And I called him up. And I'm like, hey, Bob, I need some advice again. So we meet for lunch. I sit down and I go, I got to ask you a question. And this is back to your question. I, I go, so I've been doing this golf thing and it's it's really doing well. And I said, golfers are getting, getting better and coaches are loving it. And I go, Bob, you do a lot of seminars um, educating a lot of the people in the Washington D.C. area on acupuncture. He was big in acupuncture. I said, you know, I'm thinking of doing some education seminars on golf, but I go, I'm scared to kind of tell people what I know because it's kind of what sets me apart. It's like I'm very unique in that I've got this little secret that I think is really working, and I'm 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 thinking to myself, maybe I shouldn't share this, right? So maybe I should yeah. just keep it to myself. And I'll never forget. He looked at me and he said, "Son, I'm going to give you some advice, and I hope you listen." He was like, <laughs> "Whoever." invents something right and gets up there and tells the world everybody else will remember you're where it came from and you'll you'll always be a leader in that industry everybody will be now people might come along and take what you've done and modify it make it better he goes one thing i've never worried about is being the leader in the industry that's a good thing to be right you start doing seminars so i was like you know what i've i've trusted you so far i'm gonna do it and i did a i put up a workshop i said i'm gonna do a golf fitness workshop. I did it at congressional country clubs. The first one I ever did, this was in 1998. I had about 28 mid-Atlantic PGA professionals and a couple chiropractors, a couple trainers that showed up. Um, is that congressional country club where they have the U S open there and yeah, and go big or go home. Yeah. That's it. And, uh, uh, it, the rest is history, man. I started teaching what I did and people loved it. And all of a sudden the people like I had chiropractors and trainers that were in my in my classes, it was under a brand called Advantage Golf. That was the name of my practice back then. And uh, started doing these certification seminars. Ended up having over a thousand people that were Advantage Golf certified. This was before Titleist. And and basically, I had all these chiropractors and trainers that when they had tough clients and tough cases, guess what they did with them? They sent them to me, right? So yeah. I was kind of like the second, third opinion. So I had, I mean, and I literally had a closed practice after five years. I had so many people sending me golfers from all over the country i just i just i've never understood now the the boy in the bubble like if you've got something trying to keep it to yourself trying to stay you know start, start teaching man tell the world what you're doing and everybody if, if it's good stuff and you're not making anything up and it really works some good stuff's gonna happen that's right that's the key yeah so i you know, listen any any chiropractor out there starting your business what i would say is figure out what you're passionate about you know if you're like I love, uh, we said Cirque du Soleil. I love Cirque du Soleil and circus acrobats, whatever. It doesn't matter. Listen to what you got to do. You got to know more about treating them and understanding what they go through, mechanisms of injury, performance, things that make them better. Learn more about that than anybody in the world. Come up with a system, of, a way of evaluating them and putting together treatment protocols to make them better. And then Man, nowadays, I can't imagine if we had the internet and social media like when I started, if we had that. It's so easy to get the word out that you're an expert in this and start selling some education and doing stuff and just watch what happens. The world will change. It's very true. It's um, yep. that That's what I wanted to get at because I, I, I wanted to make sure that people didn't understand that Greg Rose is not an anomaly. Well, you are. You are an anomaly, but not. Not what... No, I mean, I mean, the background in engineering is definitely unique. The <laughs> all the other. You know what? It's not. It's not. It's it's not me. I want to make like, okay, like we. I have TPI, so that's TPI is Tyler's Performance Institute. That's the golf one. You know, I have a, a new business. We have two businesses that we launched in the last year. One called Racket Fit, which is for tennis. You know, we have this certification with the United States Professional Tennis Association, and then I've got this one on base university or on base U for baseball, softball. Literally, those those three sports. You know, I I don't play baseball. I don't do tennis. But I I had a passion for working with athletes and sport. And what I did is I created these advisory boards of the best tennis people in the world, and the best baseball people in the world. 
it's 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 like creating a system or a model. You can do this anywhere. You just got to understand that people want great information. If you can find experts, and you can find experts in anything. If you're like, I uh, try to make. I like working with uh, fishermen. Yeah, fishermen in New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. It doesn't. It could be the smallest thing. You can find the world experts in that that would want to work with you. It's crazy, yeah. but when you call these people and say, we're putting together this group and I want you to be part of it, most people say, okay. And then all of a sudden, you've got some of the world leaders in there and they'll give you their advice and you put this stuff together. And heck, you don't, you don't even have to be an expert anymore. You just have to be good at putting these teams together. Especially That's if it's really- win-win because the, the proposition yeah. behind Titleists and, and Tennis and baseball, the proposition is we're trying to put the players in a position or the athlete in a position or the consumer in a position where they continue to pursue the sport more. We're not right. take, taking people we're out. Growing of the the sport, yeah. We're growing the sport, and we're giving the chiropractor the credibility to hang something on the wall that, hey, I'm certified by the United States Professional Tennis Association, or, oh, I'm certified by titles. That's a big deal, right? So you get Absolutely. the credibility for the expert. You get the good information for the student and the governing body in the sport. It grows, so they want to support this. And I can't see the negative there. Let's switch gears real fast um, okay. before before we go back to golf because golf is where it's at. Um, SFMA. Yes. Uh, we got a brief history of how SFMA sort of developed in. Yep. Um, at Ford KC, I think if you take the SFMA courses, you're going to get a lot more history on how they developed. Yep. I want to know from your point of view, how is it not being used appropriately in your in your point of view? Um, what what's the best? Because here's here's a couple here's questions. Two, well, those I get are two different time. questions. Those are two different questions. But okay, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bob. No, I get I get people like, how do I bill extra for it? You know, there's there's a lot of different ways that it's not used as intended. Um, so I'd yeah. like, I'd like to go straight to the straight to the top of the mountain and say, how, okay. how would you like to see yeah. it? Okay. So let, let's talk about the, how not to use it in my opinion. Yeah. So in my opinion, number one, I always say, imagine if you, uh, if you, let's say, uh, you, you did a, a marketing thing where you said, Hey, come on in for a chiropractic session or a new patient exam. Here is a hundred dollars. But if you did a new patient exam and the SFMA, it's $150, like charge extra. To me, that's like the whole purpose of the SFMA was to get the right diagnosis, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like saying, hey, listen, uh, imagine if you had a sore throat and you got, you think you got strep throat or you don't know what's going on. You walk into the doctor and the doctor's like, all right, for 100 bucks, here's a bucket of pills. You can reach in and grab a pill and take whichever, and hopefully you get the right one. But for 150 I'll actually do my freaking job and tell you what's wrong <laughs> and give you the right pill. I'm like, that is not how SFMA was supposed to be. We're not saying that, hey, it's some optional scream that you charge for. We're like, this should be part of your job. Like you're supposed to you're supposed to make the right diagnosis in the first place. <laughs> Our whole the whole origin of SFMA, and if I can tell that story real quick, but the whole origin of SFMA was pretty simple. Was when I at Titleist here, we were trying to back in 2003, trying to come up with the best medical screen to try and prevent a lot of these injuries. And like I said, I had an incredible medical advisory board that um, some of the best experts in the world sitting around a table. And, and and basically we all agreed that the biggest problem we have was diagnostics that literally it wasn't like when we got second or third opinions, people would come in and they wouldn't say, Oh, I just don't think they adjusted your Atlas. Right. It wasn't about treatment. It was, I can't believe they're adjusting your atlas. I think it's your dorsiflexion in your ankle. They would disagree with the diagnosis. Yeah. And we're like, I think if we get the diagnosis better, multiple treatments, different types of treatments can work. We just got to make sure we're working on the right thing. So we started talking about, well, what's the best diagnosis or diagnostic systems out there? And, uh, you know, we felt that one of the biggest problems or things missing in diagnostics was we thought we were pretty good at diagnosing injuries, that we could see where the trauma occurred. Uh, we were good at, at looking at pain profiles and sort of pain was, but we, we couldn't really diagnose altered motor control. And altered motor control was one of those things where people were kind of walking different or moving differently that leads to an injury. And these altered motor patterns are due to muscle imbalances or postural problems or sleeping problems. And we didn't really have a way to identify these altered motor patterns before they became a problem. 
And we were like, well, if we could actually identify like, hey, did you know that because of the way you're walking right now, you have a high you know, risk of potentially injuring your hip in the future. We could prevent all that stuff from happening if we had this great screen. So we sat around and, and I think everybody's heard of Gray Cook, one of my partners at FMS who developed the functional movement screen. And Gray, uh, you know, sitting at this room said, you know, I've got this idea of this movement screen for identifying altered motor control for injuries. And I always say Gray is like Henry Ford, right? He basically, yeah. he imagines this meeting. He's like, guys, I got this great idea. It's this thing called an automobile. And we're all like, what's an automobile? And we go, he's like, well, I've got this prototype. And we all go get in the automobile and the automobile takes off. And I would tell you that we were all like, this is really cool. But after about a mile, all the tires fell off, right? We we're like, all right, your idea of an automobile is freaking awesome. Your car needs a lot of work, but the <laughs> automobile is a great idea. Gray had this idea of the SFMA and we were, I was like, you know, this is a really cool idea to be able to take through and break out these patterns, but we need to really upgrade the breakouts and how to break this out. And literally being very naive, a bunch of us sitting around the table said, hey, Gray, if we all kind of work on this together, we could probably knock this out in six months. You know, that was 2003. And I can tell you, it's 15 years now. We're still not done with the SFMA. But yeah. uh, we've had thousands of people, believe it or not, working on this project all over the world from all different countries, adding input from Korea to here. And now we're at a place where I feel like we've got such an in incredible tool to really make the correct diagnosis musculoskeletal injury diagnosis and where the cause is versus the source of the pain, which is so important. And uh, it's just turned into this incredible diagnostic tool that that's how it's supposed to be used. It's supposed to be if a patient walks in and says, I've got uh, a meniscus problem in my knee, I always ask the question, why? Why do you have a meniscus problem? You know, usually that's, that's the result, not the cause. And this tool that we use, SMA, helps us figure out the cause so we can understand the results. And then once you start treating the cause, people just get better really fast. That's how it's supposed to be used. That's probably an amazing way to do a uh, new patient encounter is just to let the person answer why and let, and see what they answer. Uh, <laughs> we always say, we always say you should ask that question three times. Keep asking why, because yeah. if you can keep asking, they're still not down to the, the, the cause. Right. But I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's like, you know, they'll come in with a prescription from an orthopedist saying, you know, I've torn my meniscus and I'm supposed to do three times a week a stim on my meniscus. And you're like, <laughs> I try not laugh or do anything, but you have to say, you know, look, you have to educate them. You have to educate yeah. them and go, look, let's, let's, let's go back in time and try and figure out why you tore your meniscus. And once we figure that out, I think, uh, I mean, I always like to bring up that fact that the number one predictor of athletic injury is previous injury. The reason that's true is because most of those previous injuries, if you fix those, like if you fix the meniscus, the meniscus usually wasn't the problem. There was something else that caused the meniscus and nobody ever treated it. So it's not that it's a high risk from previous injuries. It's never been fixed. The problem yeah. has never been fixed. It's yep. still there. Yeah. The, um, what, what's the best way to, as a provider to consume SFMA information? It's in a lot of schools now, yeah? Or some schools? Correct. So, yeah, it's taught in the curriculum. And we've got it at Logan. They're starting to uh, implement this uh, in the clinic at Parker. Uh, we've, we've been, uh, Cleveland is about to hopefully do something pretty big here, which I'm excited about um, in Cleveland. So it's starting to show up in a bunch of the colleges. We actually Cleveland, do, how did uh, that happen? <laughs> I'll tell you that story <laughs> next year on the podcast. That's but yeah, right. we got some that's right, buddy. Um, that's it, all you. But, it, uh, but Doctor Cleveland, as you know, Doctor Cleveland was was at the uh, the forward thinking one, and uh, he what an interesting guy, right? Great yeah. guy, yeah. And just uh, I, I think he's uh, a mover and a shaker in the industry. And he's also a Henry Ford. He sees he, things. Something he, like he just sees things. He is, I can tell that he, he came out. I don't know if you know this, but he came out the TPI uh, last month. That's insane. And, uh, <laughs> we got to spend a day with him out here. And he's just, yeah, what a great guy. Um, but I, I mean, we, we actually teach this in over 20 physical therapy schools now and stuff. So you can learn it in the, in the chiropractic schools, um, PT schools. We obviously do workshops um, at, at all different locations all over the country. So it's, uh, it, it, and it's, it, we have it even online. You can watch the online SFMA as well. So easy way to consume it. Um, the, the biggest problem or thing that we hear about SFMA is 
it's a different way of thinking. So it takes some practice. And I would tell you that, yeah. you know, when you first do it, when you first learn the SFMA to actually do it correctly, the first time you do it, your new patient eval probably needs to be 30 minutes after yeah. you've done this, you know, a hundred times it, okay. You can do it in 15 minutes. After you've done it 500 times, you can probably get done in 12 minutes, right? But it's starting out, it's between a 15 and 30-minute eval. But I'm telling you, once you make the right diagnosis, your treatments are one-fourth the time. Absolutely. You can become a sniper, right? So I'm like, I used to have a lot more treatment times than I had new patient evaluation times. So I'm like, if I spend an extra five minutes on the eval and I can shorten my treatment times, I'm all in. It shortens your uh, rehab portions too, so... So uh, um, I had Craig Liebenson on the podcast uh, just before you, and we talked about rehab purgatory. And, you know, when yeah. I use the SFMA, people aren't in rehab purgatory. I can nail it. Like we need to focus on this, this, and this, and then we'll come back and we'll check that in a couple of weeks. And yep. like, it's not the whole like, okay, we're going to do rehabilitation for X, Y, Z amount of time. We're going to see if that works. It, it really narrows it down to where you can be a sniper. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Exactly it's pretty cool going. when you're confident on the diagnosis. A lot of things get better. Yep. Um, but man, yeah, that first time you do it, you're staring at the book and the flow chart and the breakouts and yeah. <laughs> patients. We, got like, a cool, we have a very novel cool book, man. <laughs> We've got a very cool app coming out to help learn the SFMA faster that you can use in the practice. That's going to be coming out pretty soon. And I think it's a game changer. I think it'll make people learn it so much faster. That's awesome. Are there any other things on the horizon for SFMA or TPI in specific? Well, okay. so we have, we have the apps. We have uh, some of the uh, patient communication tools from not only building rehabilitation programs for them, all of those automated coming out really, really soon. Um, we have our new SFMA2 has completely been overhauled, which I'm really excited about. I think it's one of the best classes we offer now, which is basically once you've got the diagnostics, if you want to learn how we treat, We'll highlight some of our favorite reset techniques re, um, for like treatment and some of our best rehabilitation programs, which I think we've got some really cool ones from the FMS world and from the TPI and from the SFMA world. So in the SFMA2, uh, we have an online class of the SFMA2 that's launching as well. We just launched the breathing course, which obviously for any of the thorax issues, I think it's really, really important. Um, I told you on TPI, we uh, basically just launched uh, tennis. We have a racket fit and we have on base university. I think we have one coming, hopefully starting uh, end of the year or start of next year. One that I shouldn't be talking about yet, but I will. It's from us lacrosse for any of my East coast people. Yeah. We've got a us lacrosse certification coming for the medical and fitness that I'm excited about. Um, and then uh, uh, from a golf perspective from TPI, We've always got new stuff coming. We have potentially a big junior project that we're building for people working with kids. Um, that's something I'd be looking for late 2019. Um, so we've got, we've got a really cool junior program already, but we've got some cool tools that will help the medical and fitness providers work with kids a little bit better. Um, and uh, we just launched, we have our new level threes at TPI, which are three-day, almost like three-day mentorship weeks. And the biggest news at TPI is this year, every two years, we have our World Golf Fitness Summit, which is kind of like your forward thinking. It's the gathering place for all the top people in golf, health, and fitness. Yeah. And this year, it's October 12th through the 14th in Orlando. Um, it's basically uh, uh, something we do every two years with over 50 speakers from all over the world. And we have uh, all kinds of sponsors that are there. And it's just a really cool, like, you, like your event. Uh, networking, connecting with people, like-minded people. And it's also, uh, we're going to go Saturday night to uh, Universal Studios. They have their haunted nights. If you're into haunted houses, it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty damn funny time on, on that Saturday night there. So that's the World Golf Fitness Summit. That's all the new stuff happening with us. That's awesome. What about golf, the golf world in general and direction? Do you see any trends showing up like our courses shrinking? Are they expanding? Are more people well, playing? Is there a push to get more people on the courses? Yeah, I tell you that you know when the when the 2008 2009 when the economy crashed, obviously all sports took a big hit because it's you know it's recreational and when people are hurting, those go down. And for a long time before that, the golf industry was exploding because a lot of times developers were putting in golf courses just because it 
it made the property around the golf course more valuable. So there was all these golf courses. And when the industry got hit in 2008, 2009, I'd say the golf industry went down almost 15, 20%. And everyone was like, will it recover? A lot of golf courses closed. I actually think it's where it should have been in the first place. I think it was yeah. overinflated before. So I think it's pretty steady right now, right? And obviously we got tons of growth in Asia. Um, but it's one of those one of those sports where it's kind of it, it dropped, it shrunk in two thousand nine. It's kind of maintained its level hovering right now. I think, you know, this year, I whether you love them or you hate them, the fact that Tiger Woods is back playing, it just it's incredible what that does to viewership and attendance and sponsorships and dollars and people playing golf. It's unbelievable. So uh, Tiger back in the game is a great thing for the industry. Again, whether you like him or you don't, it just helps the industry. Um, I, and then I think, uh, um, I think that helps. And then, like I said, the growth internationally uh, with the Olympics now being golf being part of the Olympics, it's amazing how that helps other parts of the world doesn't really affect us here in the United States, but it's crazy how a lot of the federations now put money into golf because they can win a gold medal. Um, <laughs> that's been very helpful. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thinking very positive for golf in the future. I, I, it's not going anywhere. It's just too fun. Oh, it's definitely not going anywhere. <laughs> it, it's the one, it's the one thing that I can look my wife in the eyes and she can look at me and we can go, we can go out and we can have fun and we don't have to worry about, you know, if it was a shooting sport, which we do like sporting clays and shooting, it's, it's right. different. It, it, I mean, yeah, you can do sporting. I think you're going to see, you're, you're going to see some short courses coming out in the future. You're going to see some like shorter, even shorter than some of the executives now where you can go play in an hour and a half, two hours with the buddies and get out. I think that's going to be a big trend in the future. Yeah. It sounds fun for sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's going to be really cool. Have some really cool miniature courses that are real grass and real stuff that are a lot of fun. Yeah, we have a couple of those here. They're, they're more, they're, they're around, they're motivated to get the person into the 19th hole, you know, but they're fun. Yeah. But man, I'll tell you, there's a, and if you ever get a chance to go to Scotland at Turnberry, they have a short course in the front of Turnberry that is, I don't want to say this, but it, it might be more fun than Turnberry. And it's literally <laughs> like every, every hole is, is like 50 yards, 60 yards. But if it's you and a couple buddies and out there playing, especially if you're gambling, it is one of the hardest courses you ever play, but it's so much fun. I'll I'll have to do it. We have uh, family in Scotland, so um, they've been dying to get me oh, over yeah. there. I forget where my uncle in law, uncle in law, I guess he is, uh, is a member. But he's a member either right near Turnberry, so he might be talking about the same course. There you go. It's a great. Yeah. It's a great experience. A little beater. Uh, get some fish and chips with curry on them and all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are no more. Real, I mean, some people had some questions about outcome a set or a. Uh, objective measurements for golf, especially the pros and, and some of the, the objective outcome measures, you know what, I'm just going to tell those people, you should either know that already or take a TPI class because, uh, Dr. Rose is actually, well, there, there, are a lot, yeah, there are lots of outcome measures you can measure yeah, you, golf from. And you've got some amazing videos. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. got some amazing videos on YouTube about some of these outcome measures, you know, with the uh, medicine ball throw. Yeah, some of the power testing. Yeah, power testing and all that stuff too. So, uh, people should check that stuff out. All the information's already out there. We don't have to ask the man. Um, I've got nothing else for you. Did you know that our next forward KC is going to be at Logan, at the Purser Center? Oh, nice. Yeah, very very cool. That's so, great. So we're we're moving on up, my friend, and uh, awesome. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about that off the air. But uh, thank okay. you so much for your time. I mean, thanks for, uh, thanks for everything as always. And I appreciate it. And if anybody's got any questions, always feel free to email me. No problem. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode one with our guest, Dr. Greg Rose. Now we're going to get into the pain zone finish. I don't know what we're going to call it. Dun, dun, dun. The end of the podcast where I'm going to go through a brief little review of what I thought was important to take home. Um, and it is brought to you by pain zone. So uh, I want to tell a quick story about uh, an encounter that a chiropractor had with a patient and why I think pain zone can solve this problem for you. So you don't ever have to deal with this again. Now remember, in relationship marketing or in business management, 
service and sales and all these other things, which chiropractic is part of. It's not just healthcare. It's all those things too. Patients are always looking to qualify you or disqualify you. They're looking at how you dress, how you talk, uh, the, the congruence of what you're doing to either say, yes, this is somebody I can trust because they talk their talk and they walk their walk, or to disqualify and say, I don't know if I can trust this person uh, based on what they're saying, uh, the old bait and switch, like they seem like a nice guy when I saw their video on the internet and then I came in here and the guy's just trying to sell me. You know, disqualification and qualification are very important concepts to understand as a DC as you get further and further in practice. Here's an episode where uh, somebody disqualified themselves from care with a patient. So this doc sees a patient, um, has a great first encounter, uh, maybe a good second and third encounter, and is using a, an analgesic on the patient. And the patient's like, wow, I really like this stuff. What is it? And the doctor says, it's blah, 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 topical cream and it's 15 bucks, we sell it here in the office. Patient goes, sweet, I want a bottle of that, and they get themselves a bottle. A couple weeks go by, you know, sometimes you just don't see a patient anymore, or whatever, uh, then they kind of follow up, and this patient comes in. No, I don't think they came in as a patient, I think they just came in off the street not happy. That's never good, right? When a patient just shows up not happy, <laughs> I'm going to tell him, I'm getting out of my car and I'm going to tell them. So anyways, this patient shows up to the office, slaps a bottle, same bottle down on the table and says, I got this bottle at a big box store for eight bucks. Same bottle you sold me. So this patient's probably like two or three bottles into the $8 bottle now. And the doctor's like, yeah, okay. So what happened here was the, the, doctor disqualified himself from ever seeing that patient again because she or he, the patient, whatever their, their identity was, uh, felt like the doctor was ripping them off because at the big box store, that tube was eight bucks in the office. It was 15. And so why wasn't the price the same in both places? So that doctor is a scammer, right? You don't want to do that. You don't want to be that doctor. You don't want to be uh, looked at as trying to run a price game on, on these folks. So that's the problem you get when you are, when you are supplying the same thing that is in a big box store, cause you can't compare to their prices and keep the stuff on your shelf at the same time. How pain zone comes in as a solution to that problem is that they aren't in those big box stores. The, the product they get, is your price as the doctor, you control it, it's your quantity and quality, you control that, you control what the patient gets and they can't run away and get it somewhere else. And you can't be disqualified as somebody who's just trying to make a buck because nobody likes that feeling because that's not what we're about. So that is my pain zone uh, minute, maybe it was two minutes, I don't know, dun dun dun. So now let's get on to the end of the show and our review. Okay, everybody. So this is our synopsis, our pain zone finish. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I want to keep this one pretty simple. The thing that struck me the most about my interview with uh, Dr. Rose, and there's so much, so I'm probably going to listen to it a couple times before it really sinks in. But the thing that stuck out the most from doing this interview was that concept of finding what you love to do and then doing it. <laughs> Basically, you, I, I tell students all the time because I know students have their head down. They're really focused on graduating and becoming good chiropractors. So, so the, the, the focus on like who you are as a person or, or what you want to do to pursue your dreams, whatever you want to call it, if you want it to be a vision board or things like that, but who you are is really important. And there's no better or easier way to be successful in this business or any business than focusing on what you love to do. Because if you love to do it, then you will talk about it more. So a way to blend your choice to be a chiropractor with some sort of passion that you have out there in the world, learning to blend those two and then be an expert on the subject and tell the whole world about it is a great way to go. And obviously, Dr. Rose ma managed to master that early on in life 
And hopefully, that's why I say it to so many students, hopefully you do too. Um, so think about that if you haven't. Think about it. And that is my pain zone finish for you. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, who are you? What do you love? And then how can you tie that in with chiropractic? Take it easy and I'll see you on the next episode of Forward, the podcast of Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance.